Welcome to a very special episode of I Just Don't Have Time For, where we will be recapping the entire first season of Squid Game. There will be spoilers. Yes. This is basically, don't even listen to this episode if you have not watched Squid Game, unless you just do not plan on watching it, but want to know what people are talking about. Yeah. Um, we have some fun facts along the way, and we're just going to breeze through each episode because... And we're going to assume you've already watched it at this point. Yeah, let's just go. Okay, so first up, I want to start with some fun facts about the creator of Squid Game. His name is Wang Dong Hyuk, and he originally came up with the idea for this show back in 2008, and he and his family were in, like, a ton of debt. They had to, like, take out loans just to get by, and he wrote this I was going to say show. He wrote it originally as a movie and was shopping it around for over 10 years, like had to sell his laptop. And the reason it came about is because he'd been reading a bunch of comics like Battle Royale to distract himself from like what was going on. And because he was reading Battle Royale, Hunger Games had just come out. He started thinking a lot about like participating in deadly games for like a huge prize. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what he decided to like set out to explore in this show and it took him a year to write it. It was rejected everywhere. He shopped it everywhere. And then it was finally picked up by Netflix in 2019 and is now like the most popular streaming show ever. Yeah. Um, so this was originally written as a movie and once it got picked up by Netflix, they wanted it as a show. So he basically took it from being only 120 minutes and stretching it out for 10 episodes which seems to have worked out really well because i feel like every episode has some takeaways yeah and i guess like john ho and the whole cop storyline was never even in the original that was written in after yeah so that's pretty cool which actually gives like a very good dynamic because it explains the front man a little bit the front man yeah um So we are going to start off with episode one, which was called Red Light, Green Light. We basically meet the main character, Song Jin-hon. I'm butchering every name. So bad. Um, He's basically this guy. He lives with his mother. He's divorced. He has a horrible relationship with his daughter. He buys her like, he wins her like a vending machine prize because he loses his money gambling and then loses his winnings. It's not even his money. It's his mother's money. Yeah. He's gambling his mother's money, which is worse. So he ends up not having any money for a gift for her on her birthday, gets a vending machine prize, and it ends up being a gun that's also a lighter. Yeah, which I don't know if there's like a metaphor there. Like a symbolism, because later on we do see like the body coffins, which are wrapped the same way as the gift was, and then they're being put into like the incinerator. Right. So like that may just be coincidence. I feel like a lot of conspiracy theories around the show are all just like, coincidental i actually thought it was more when i first saw it i thought that her getting a gun was kind of like just magnifying his inability to like provide for his daughter oh yeah and it was kind of like he didn't even check what was in there you know and it's like an inappropriate gift i was like what if there was a gun in there right like not that there would be because it's a kid game but yeah so Basically, he loses a bunch of money. He's knocked unconscious. They're trying to, like, take his teeth. He, like, basically signs away his organs if he doesn't pay back these debts that he has from gambling. 
coerce him with violence and threats to sign away his organs. Yeah, which I didn't realize organ selling was such a big deal, but I guess... I think in Korea, it probably is more so than here. It's very lucrative, I suppose. Um, So basically, he's at the train station and meets this really well-dressed guy who's like, hey, want to play a game? And they were like flipping envelopes. And every time he was able to flip the envelope with the other envelope, he would get, what was it, $10,000 basically. Yeah. And every time he failed, he'd get a slap in the face. This did remind me of Pogs as a child. Oh, so. yeah. It's if basically ever, pogs yeah. with slapping and Instead money. of winning the pogs. So, uh, well. so basically the guy gives him an invitation to play some more games for money. And he obviously takes him up on this. He meets at the meetup place. He's knocked unconscious. And then he wakes up in this dormitory with like 455 other people. And they're all in tracksuits with numbers on them. Right. They basically... Not kidnapped because it is con- uh, like consented. They, yeah. You know? So they, it's just like a very strange way to go about getting people in. But as you find out, it's a game of life or death. Yeah. So they are in this dormitory. There's a group of masked staff in like these hot pink jumpsuits with symbols on them, either squares or circles or triangles. And they find out that they're playing a bunch of like childhood games and that the winner wins like a huge sum of money. I think it basically came out to, in American money, it's about $450 million, which is, that's a grip of cash. Yeah, it really is. So all of this takes place over just six days. And the very first game that they play is red light, green light. And we found out that the doll from the red light, green light was based off of a character from like textbooks, like Korean textbooks from the 70s and 80s. So, like, everyone recognizes this character. And it's not just normal red light, green light, because they get shot if they move. Right. So there's motion sensors in the doll's eyes. And if you've watched, you know. Uh, This was a little bit strange to me because I was, like, motion censored. I guess it's, like, pretty scary technology if it's Mm -hmm. able to do that. But I don't know if it was people shooting them or if it was, like, automated. I think it was automated yeah, from what I could tell. Yeah, which is even more frightening, right? Because what if what you're, if, like... What if you're not moving, but there's, like, a leaf that blows by and right. it creates movement? Or, like, what if you're standing behind someone that gets shot? Mm-hmm. Which they found out that people were hiding behind people to, like, further their game, which I guess worked out well because it's like having a human shield. Yeah, so in this episode we also meet player 001 who is like this old man and he's suffering from a brain tumor and he also recognizes two other players the main character does there was cho song woo who was like a childhood classmate and he still like knew the guy's mother very well and he was like oh man this guy was so successful he was a great businessman like why is he here because all of these people there are people that are just like greatly greatly in debt and need to get out of it So the other person he recognized was player 67. So she was a pickpocket and she stole his money like the day before when he had won money at the horse races. She like pickpocketed him. So he was like, oh my gosh, this is that girl that took my money. Right. So he he gives her a hard time. Yeah. At the beginning, he's like, I'm going to get my money back. He was like in her face. 
But there were like a bunch of people in that girl's face. Yeah. It um, turns out she was just a pickpocketer, professional pickpocket. Yeah. Which I mean, you would think if she was that good at it, that she wouldn't be in such debt. Well, it turns out she needs a great abundance of money to get her family out of North Korea. Yeah. Um, but she's still in debt on top of that, but probably because she escaped from North Korea and came over with. Yeah. So nine. this really does conclude the end of it. Well, basically like half the people die in this first game because once they start seeing people get shot, you know, it's like people are dropping around you and you're like, uh, yeah, starts to become a very scary situation. So at the very beginning of episode two, which is titled hell, they have about half of the people left over and they are getting to vote whether they want to stay or leave. Right. Because they do give them the option. They say if a majority of people want to leave, you can all leave. Yeah. So they do vote to leave. Um, but when they go back to like South, like, they're, I mean, they're in South Korea the whole time. But when they go back to their normal city, um, he goes to the police station and he's like, hey, this crazy thing happened. All these people died. And everyone kind of like wrote him off. And then one of the detectives ended up going to like, he was eavesdropping, but he went to his brother's place to like visit later. And the lady, like his landlord was like, oh, he hasn't been here in like weeks. And when she, when he like goes in, you see the card that was the same one that the main character had brought into the police station. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, like something is going on here. So he tracks him down and is like, if you go back, like, you have to tell me where it is. You have to bring me with you, whatever. So he sneaks along when everyone votes to go back in. Yeah. Um, he basically sneaks underneath the van that picks him up, and he gets in and steals an outfit. We've kind of just cruising along here because yeah. this is episode so two. So Ji-hoon finds out that his mother needs surgery, so he's like, I need to go back. I need to win that money. Um, Song-woo is, like, in the bathtub trying to commit suicide when... He ends up getting called back and then is like, okay, well, maybe I do have, like, an out. And we do find out that he had been arrested for financial fraud, and that's how he lost, like, all of his money and was in debt. Um, So, I mean, we kind of just get to see everyone in their day-to-day lives and then deciding to go back in this episode. Right, and the old man does... uh run into our protagonist and they enjoy some ramen together, which I don't know if it was a coincidence. I don't think it was a coincidence. At the time I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Like they're sharing like this 10 cent ramen from like the convenience store. Um, But later on, obviously you realize that everything is not always what it seems. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of like character development a a little bit. And it's like, I don't. So as we know, the main character kind of joins and like helps the old man, like is trying to team up. And I don't know if that is because he knows that he's like a billionaire or whatever. And so he's like, this guy knows how to get ahead. Right. I I don't think he teamed up with him because he knew he was rich. I think he, I think they wanted the protagonist to actually have like a heart and like care for people. Yeah. And the old man was like at a disadvantage because he's old. Which is kind of like weird to think about because at the beginning of this show, the protagonist was like yelling at his mother and asking for money and calling her lazy and like then going and spending her money. And I remember being like, man, this is a horrible dude. 
Yeah. Like, this like is he a wasn't, scummy guy. He wasn't just, like, down on his luck. He was, like, kind of taking advantage of He was an a-hole. Who, yeah. And he also wasn't really good to his child either. So. Yeah, like, he prioritized going to the horse races and, like, gambling money over buying his daughter a gift or yeah. taking her to dinner. So, I don't know. But I think that throughout the show you see more and more of his humanity and that he does care for people. He just gets stuck in a uh, depression, I think. Yeah. Okay, so the third episode was titled The Man with the Umbrella. Basically, they had all come back. We now have the detective who is posing as, like, one of the employee staff member guys in the hot pink. Right, because he murders some one of the drivers and, like, gets his suit. Yeah. So the next game that they're doing is where they have like the sugar candies in the different shapes and they have to etch them out. And if the sugar candy breaks, then they get shot Yeah, and killed. So the protagonist gets the most difficult of all of them, which is the umbrella. And of course discovers that he can lick the back of it to like speed up the process. Which I don't know if like he chose umbrella because he was good at this game as a kid. Didn't he always say, like, oh, the umbrella was, like, my favorite, as in, like, but he had never successfully done one. But uh, I don't know how they didn't know what the game was when they saw the shapes. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, man, that reminds me of this sugar thing that, like, and it's like, well, you know you're playing a game. Right. Like a childhood game. So why aren't you piecing that together? Because didn't they choose their shapes? Yeah. Before they knew what the game but was. But they so. had to group up into groups of four. Mm. So... They grouped up and then everybody had to choose a different shape. Yeah. So he was kind of like, I don't want to say heroic, but he kind of like took one for the team because there was a triangle. So like that was obviously the easiest route to go. Yeah. And the square. And even the star. Well, the star was actually probably pretty difficult. Yeah. As far as the other shapes go. Yeah. And he's at this point, he's like starting to build an alliance. And when I was watching the show at this point, I was thinking that. I was thinking that more than one person could win at the end. Like, mm. that's where my mind was headed. Because I was like, oh, they're, like, grouping up. And as you find out later, it's not that's not the case at all. So, yes. They all successfully were able to break their shapes out of the hard candy. Well, all of the people yeah. from that alliance. So. I want to say, like, half of who were left died. Right. Um, I would say less than half in this game, but we could round up to half. People are just getting murdered, basically. Yeah. And so two characters we haven't really talked about yet was player 212, who was like this woman who was super rowdy, super manipulative, kind of annoying. But from what I've heard, her Korean lines are much better than the subtitles or the dubbed version. And that she comes off more, like, witty and sarcastic. Uh, um, but she helps uh, Duke Sue complete his game because she has, like, a lighter. And Duke Sue is, like, the... He's a like, mobster. He's a He's, he's a, a mobster. He yeah. has, like, a horrible tattoo. He is so mean to everyone. He's arrogant. I actually kind of like... I mean, he's the antagonist of the story, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind his character as like a bad guy because i think it's like you can see how he is kind of likable 
if you're in a gang, right? Yeah. Like he's like that type of bravado, like, you know, like me first and then anything else goes to you guys kind of thing. So I do think that he was another character that you saw more and more of his humanity as it went along for the most part. Like he was still a jerk in certain circumstances, but you could tell that he was actually like fearful or he was actually like. You weren't really seeing. He actually was probably closest to a psychopath. I would say Mm -hmm. like where he does feel fair for himself, but he's not afraid to like screw anyone over or kill people. So the next episode was called stick to the team. And this follows a lot of, so player one eleven was this disgraced doctor who's been helping to harvest organs throughout this entire time. And he is like helping them do the organs and they give him a little bit of info on like the upcoming games. So he had, like, told Dok Su, like, oh, like, you want to team up with me? We want to be an alliance because yeah. I can tell you what's coming next. Well, they were like, you need to team up with strong players. And yeah. Like, so he teamed up with the gang, you know, basically. So in the same episode, Dok Su kills a player because the player had been like, you took extra food. Which they purposely didn't give them enough food. Right. Well, they gave them enough for everyone to have one serving. No, they actually, you find out later that they purposely gave them three less servings, knowing that a fight would break out. Uh, so. But he, there was there was a couple people that got two servings, right? No. They assumed they got two servings when really they were just cutting in line. He didn't actually take a second serving. Oh, okay. So he was accused of taking a second serving. So he killed this player and that's when they realized that the prize money was going up every time someone died. So then after Lights Out, they had what the front men and people were calling like the bonus game. Right. Because. Because they actually just, see the money piling in. They're yeah. just like massacring each other at night because they're like, well, that gets me closer to that Right. If prize. I can kill everybody, then yeah. And that's when you really start seeing people bonding together. And that's when it like becomes useful to have like a crew right which this is also the episode where the woman uh han mi neo up which was 212 she and dook su like the antagonist have sex and she's like oh don't ever cross me right like because, they're like they're both like kind of equally psychopathic yeah she's bit. like more of like a f- seems more loyal mm-hmm. in my perspective whereas like he was more like um, in me first, always, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, they end up having to form groups of 10 to play this tug of war game. And they end up with like a, well, they have to do groups of 10 before they even find out what the game is. Right. But they're like, we don't want women. The They had a guy from Pakistan, Ali, on their tribe, or I say tribe, in their alliance. And he was missing a few fingers. So yeah. they have this guy who's missing a few fingers. They get the old man. They have, I think they end up with three women. Three women, yes. And then, like, like they're the, at a very big disadvantage. They have an older guy, or not older, but, like, the guy's probably in his 50s or right. 60s. Um, and the old guy actually tells him that he was good at the game. And mm-hmm. he basically says you can win even if you have a weaker team because it's about strategy. And he, like, gave them a strategy as they were going up to play. And basically, whichever team lost just died. Yeah. Like, they were 
they cut the rope, they dropped them down like hundreds of feet until they splat. Yeah, and if you were lucky enough to survive the splat, then you would get your organs harvested by the little side gig. So this episode ends right before they start their match. Yeah. So the next episode, which is called A Fair World, starts with their tug-of-war match. They obviously win because what kind of show would this be if they, like, the entire team yeah. just died right there. Um. So then they, like, barricade at night and they spend the night, like, taking turns. Right. And, like, standing watch. And you kind of see, like, different relationships starting to form within that alliance. Like, the old man and the protagonist are getting, like, closer and more acquainted. Yeah. And, um, like some of the other characters are getting to know some life stories and find out like, Oh, like, why are you here? Like, what are you wanting to use the money for? Um, so a lot of these people had actually been laid off from like an automobile factory that had closed. So you find out like, that's what started a lot of people on that, like rapid failed trajectory. Um, Yeah. And Really, they did pick people that nobody was going to miss for the most part. Like, these are people, like, in grave debt. And, like, you're not going to miss someone who's, like, needs money. You're just going to assume that they went off somewhere else, you know? So, the biggest thing that happened in this episode, though, is the detective is kind of going through old files. He, like, finds the room of the front man and is kind of going through all these files and he finds out that his brother was actually the winner in 2015. Yeah. So that's like a big turning point. And at the same time, he also is finding out that the person he was disguising as was one of the people that's supposed to be out like harvesting organs. And I say supposed to be, but really the front man doesn't know they're doing it. Like none of the higher up people know they're doing it. But there's a group of them that have been harvesting right. and selling organs. Another thing that to note is that when he does find that his brother was in the games. Mm-hmm. He also finds a lot of different books that show that this has been happening for... Since 1988. Right. So there's just like a ton of names in these books. And you can see that that's been expanding. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, it's just like... Like several volumes to right. fill up the amount of people that are participating. Which gives us the idea that there was many games happening all over the world. Mm. Right. That's kind of how I looked at it. I think they left it up to interpretation, but that's how I was looking at it because I was thinking about it and I was like, well, well, there's some cues later on that we'll talk about. Okay. So I did want to share a quick tug of war fact before we talk about our sponsor. So I guess the cast was saying that they had a machine pulling the opposite side of each team during was they were filming and that it took like hours to film and they were like completely exhausted because it's just like hours of tug of war against a machine. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. We are going to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor and we will be right back. If you are looking for a beverage that is lighter on caffeine, but you know, gives you a little bit of a boost, a productivity boost, a little energy boost, but will help you drink less coffee, um, then Magic Mind is probably the drink for you. It helps fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some ADD symptoms. After three to seven days of continuous use, it's easier to get into a flow state. You can be more productive and drink less coffee. So what is better than that? It has all natural ingredients like adaptogens, which help reduce stress, 
nootropics, which boost blood flow and cognition, and matcha, which helps keep you focused. These are perfect little shots. You can throw them in your purse. You can just like keep them like in your bag on your way to work. Just like chug it in like one quick shot. And they are just so simple and easy and really help boost your productivity. And they were started by a Silicon Valley investor and entrepreneur named James Bashera. And I have to say, if the Silicon Valley guys are taking these, you know that they're legit. So you can go to magicmind.co slash no time and use code no time 20 for 20% off. That is magicmind.co slash no time with use code no time 20 for 20% off and click the link at the show notes, be brought right there and try out these cute little beverages. So at the very end of that last episode, the harvesting of organs, all of that is shut down. They are found out and player 111, who was the doctor, ends up being strung up along with his co-conspirators for all of the other players to see. Like they're killed, they're hung up and they're like, this is what happens if you cheat. Yeah, make an example of them. And this is really when you get a little bit more from the lead man. Yes. Because he's kind of saying he believes in this being like a fair, even try for everybody. And he was kind of making an example saying if you cheat or if you, you know, break the rules in a way. Then it's not giving people a fair chance without discrimination. And that's what they're like all about. Which when I was listening to this the first time, I was like, when I watched the episode, I was like, well, you just let them kill each other in the room. That doesn't seem very fair. But it also has a lot to do with like in the streets, like people are going to act a certain way regardless. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of fair because you have the opportunity to defend yourself in a way. Yes. So this episode is called Gabin, Gaganu, Kaganboo. (laughs) I'm like, my Korean is really lacking, but um, it's basically, I call it the Marvel episode. Yes. And this is like the key point in the series, I think, too. Yeah. I think this is the point of the series where I got really drawn in, but I also felt this was like the most emotional of anyone. So they, they all had to pair up in partners. The protagonist ends up with the old man, and then they find out that they have to play any game of marbles they want. But whoever ends up with all the marbles in the end of this hour gets to live. And the one who has zero gets killed. Yeah, which this is crazy to me because, you know, the protagonist is taking so many risks by having the old man on his team in a way. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're choosing the weakest person in a way, you know, physically. Uh, On another note, though, the old man is very sharp witted, like he's really sharp with his mind, which is kind of strange because he'll forget his name or be like, Oh, I peed myself. Like, right. All of these things. But then also is very smart. Yeah. It's it's starting to look like he's doing those things to make himself seem feeble, which is like making people underestimate him. Yes. Yeah. So it ends up, he has to outwit the old man. Um, So basically the way the game works is, all you have to do is obtain your other person's marbles. And each person, I think it's 10 marbles. Yeah. So at the beginning, before they even started, the old man was like, oh, 
like you can be my gog and boo, whatever, which is the person who is your trusted friend. Like, oh, this is the person that you give your marbles to. Like you team up and you build an arsenal right, together. Because they thought that they were going to be playing against another pair, right? Yes. Yeah. Or we think that they think that anyway, because we find out the old man obviously knows all of the games. Yes. So he knew the whole time exactly what was going on. But he allows the protagonist to win anyway, even though he could have very easily taken his last marble. He like pretended like he was senile and didn't know what was going on. And then the protagonist started like cheating a little bit and being like, oh, didn't you say this? And basically taking all of his marbles. And then you find out the old man knew the whole time. And he's like, what? You're going to take advantage of like an old man. Yeah. He's like, how is that any different? Like what I'm doing? Cause he said, mm-hmm. basically the old man came down to one marble and he's like, okay, how about I'll bet my one marble against all yours, this last hand. Mm-hmm. And he, the um, main character was like, I don't want to do that. Like I have all the marbles. And he's like, well, how is that any different than taking advantage of an old man who's suffering from, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like you're, you don't, you don't want to play by the rules when it's benefiting you, but when it's not going to be beneficial for you to do that, then you're against it. So it's kind of like, kind of like teaching him a lesson, I think, is how I looked at it. But he ends up giving him the last marble and then they, I honestly thought they shot the old man because they pulled the trigger, but it turns out you find out later that he's still alive. Yeah, because he owns the game. So then we see the two girls that are a part of that alliance, Sai Bayak and Ji Young, and they're basically just sharing their life stories the whole time. One of the girls is like, okay, like we only need like 30 seconds to play our game at the end, so let's just chat for a while because one of us is about to die we might as well share whatever secrets we have yeah whatever. and the more i learn about some of these people the more i'm like how did they ever like were they just given a bad lot in life because like they're smart like their characters are really like witty and smart and like mm-hmm. capable you know like i could very easily see them working in tech or you know even professional gaming or whatever so it's like i for me it's like hard for me to see them in such distraught place. I guess they're pushing for like the idea that the lot of life is not always, you know, mm-hmm. generous to even the smart people or or pretty people. So basically, uh Ji Young decides that Sai Bayok has more to live for and she just sacrifices herself at the end. Um, because she's like, oh, let's like roll our marbles towards this line or this wall or whatever, and whoever gets closest. Which she was like supposedly really good at games. Like that's what she spent most of her time doing. So, so then it gets to her part to roll like her marble and she just drops it. Yeah. Because she was like, I probably could win this maybe. I don't know. So it was like a really nice thing. Whereas you see Ali and Song Woo like are paired up together and they've been like so close this whole time. Like Song Woo had given Ali bus fare ticket to like the drop off spot, like everything else. They've like had this relationship building. You find out like Ali has like a young child and all this stuff. And then Song Wu basically tricks him into giving up his marbles and poor Ali gets shot. Like he basically steals his marbles. He does. But in a way, Lee gave them to him. So like it wasn't against the rules because... 
he technically set them down and gave them to He him. got it with trickery. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's kind of like real life when you play games. If you're cheating and you get away with it, you still like if I'm playing cards at a casino and nobody knows I'm counting cards, like it's still considered cheating, I guess, but if you get away with it, you still win the money. So same concept. Really just depressing episode. And then we move on to the episode titled VIPs. And everyone is like kind of in a weird like mind space right now. Like they just lost all their friends. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. And all these VIPs show up and they've been wagering on these games remotely, but now they're like here to watch like in the live. And they're all speaking English. So it's kind of like a unique dynamic where Mm -hmm. you're like, where are the subtitles? And you're like, oh, wait. (laughs) they're speaking English, you know? So the detective is like posing as one of the mass servants and he is like sexually propositioned by one of them who this person, I feel like physically reminds me so much of Donald Trump. It kind of like grosses me out a little bit because he's like nude and being like, Oh, you have five minutes to do whatever. And basically, obviously the detective, the detective doesn't do any of that and basically is just trying to get some sort of like confession of like what's going on. Like records him. Yeah. Yes. So then he's like, he goes and escapes the island cause he's like, they know I'm here. They're after me. I need to like get out of here. Um, and at the same time they have this big, like two panel wide bridge and they have two types of glass. One that's super thick can fit like Several people could stand on the same one. It wouldn't break. And the other one that can't hold like more than 10 pounds. Like tempered just shatter. glass. Yeah. Um, so they have to make it all the way across to the other side of the room. And they have to pick which order they go in between 1 and 17. Before they know what the game is. Yes. Yeah. So the protagonist ends up being last, which we thought was going to be not the place he wanted to be. Yeah. But it actually ended up being exactly where you want to be because enough people can go across that you can figure out how to get yourself across without falling. Like the first person like didn't make it past, I think, three or four squares because how are you going to accurately guess every single one all the way across the room? So we do see the antagonist die in this section because the girl is like, you crossed me, you didn't want to be on my team and now you're going to pay. And um, she just she like just threw herself threw onto herself him. onto him and yeah. pulled him down. They lose a lot of people in this one. So there were seventeen at the beginning of this, and at the end they are left with three. So when I was watching this, I was like, "Man, this is like a bummer," because like you just pick first, and then you just have no chance, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. So because the first person has to go first, and. There's like, how many squares were there? Um, I don't know the exact number. I feel like it was something around 20. Yeah. So like, there's no way. There was a mathematician. He's like, I have like. A one in 300,000 chance. Of, 300 million or yeah, something crazy chance of getting this. So he basically just went as fast as possible. He made it a long way. He went five squares. Yeah. And then fell well, five. Through. He went five further than where the. Right. People had left off. And then unfortunately, the next person had forgotten which way he jumped. So he fell through one anyway. Uh, One thing I was going to mention is is like, if I was doing that, I would be like trying to cheat for sure. Uh, Because there was like a middle beam that held all of the squares up. Mm -hmm. I would be like trying to break the glass before I stepped on it. Well, they had spaced them out. 
So it was very difficult to do. Still, I would be doing that kind of stuff, like stretching out and like using my whole body and like whapping them with my little foot if I could. You know what I mean? Which they did have one of the guys was a glass worker. And that really helped them out because he was like, oh, I can look and I can see the difference between the two glasses. Honestly, if he went first, that's one way that you could have made it all the way across if you just knew which one was which. Well, until he got towards the end because they realized what he was doing, they turned all the lights off. Yeah. So then he couldn't see how the light hit the glass anymore. Which and then we were doing a little research about the show and it's kind of like that really shows like how the rich and powerful are in a position to just change the game up. Mm-hmm. So like even when the common person figures out a way to like win, they can switch the game up at will. So And be like, oh, you thought you were doing okay. Now you're not. Right. And so the glass worker does, um, in a way, get, he gets betrayed. So he does not get rewarded for his efforts. Yes. Uh, and he ends up falling through the last... Um, the last square and makes the way clear for the rest of the group. So we are left with Ji Hoon, Song Wu, and Sai Bayak. And this sucks because at the very end, like they shatter the rest of the bridge and they are all standing on the end. And Sai Bayak, the girl, gets like a shard of glass right through her stomach, which they then talk about in the next episode, which is titled Front Man. Which this episode was shorter than the rest, but you do see like the three last people having dinner together. They all like are told to keep their knives. The poor girl is just like bleeding the whole time, doesn't even eat her steak dinner, yeah. drink her wine, any of it. Like they basically fatten them up for the last one. So I had a thought about this. If they, so say she died, right? Mm-hmm. And then both, so if they, They can still, it's a democracy way, so they can vote to leave. Mm -hmm. And if the majority says they want to leave, the game is canceled. But the money from the dead people goes to the families of those dead people. From what I understood, that was what happened if they decided to discontinue. So, like, the contestants get none of the money, but I thought that if they chose to leave, that that none of the dead families would get any money. No, they were saying, because at the beginning, they were saying a lot of the contestants that were still alive after the first game mm-hmm. were complaining that the money would go to people who lost the game, right? Like, people were upset because they were like, why would we give the money to people who died and weren't able yeah. to continue? Uh, there was also another character that, during the Marvels game, I just wanted to touch on, who had picked his wife as his partner. Oh, yeah. This is really sad because he ended up, you know... Committing suicide. Eating his wife or whatever at the end. And then, like, he really had nothing left to live for. And that just kind of, like, goes to show, like, why would you play a game like that with someone that you love so dearly? But they probably thought they were invincible, but... You know, only one can win anyway, so one of them would have to die regardless. So after the dinner, the protagonist sees the girl bleeding and is like, oh, we ha- we need to get you help. We need to get you help. And he's like banging on the doors like, someone help. She's bleeding. And while he was doing that, um, you know, his childhood friend goes over there and slits the girl's throat. Yeah. Kills her. 
And he basically did that because. Well, he was like, she can't compete like that anyway. Yeah. Like it's, and it just gets him closer to the end. Um, I was like kind of upset that they didn't provide her with medical attention, but. But look at what game it is. Yeah. So this episode, we actually get to see the front man's face. He, the detective had like swam away. They end up tracking him down. Because there was a beacon on the um, the On the dive suit, yeah. Yeah, the tank that he used to get away. So they find him. They have him on top of this cliff. And the front man takes his mask off. And you see that it's the detective's brother. And the detective is basically just like, why? Yeah, which honestly, you can kind of piece it together at that point. Yeah. I felt like. I mean, I felt like. I think it was episode two or three where I was like, oh, the front man's going to be the brother. Yeah, I don't think they were trying to hide it that much. No. So we have this big reveal and basically the front man shoots Jun Ho in the shoulder, causing him to fall over a cliff. Whether he's dead or not, we don't know. Yeah, they actually shot each other in opposite shoulders, which I think that there's symbolism to that, like. I don't know. We'll have to just wait and see. They might have collected him. Like his brother may have saved his other brother, you know, secretly. So. So moving on to the very last episode called One Lucky Day. Basically, they play Squid Game as the last game. And they're two childhood friends. They used to play this game together. And now here they are in a life or death situation. The protagonist is winning at like the point of the game. And then he says... I want to vote to stop. Right. Like, let's stop. I don't want to kill him. I don't want to kill him. I'm friend. done. Yeah. Like, I'm not killing him. This is Which over. technically that's 50% of the vote, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the problem being that his friend, who ended up not being a great guy, he killed a lot of innocent people. He ends up killing himself. Yeah. Because, like, he didn't want the other guy to like lose out on the money or both of them to lose out on the money and be there for nothing. He basically said, take care of my mother. And Saibayak before she had died, had said, can like, if I don't make it, can you make sure that my brother and my mom are okay? Right. And And taken care of. Bring my brother into, in if you can. Yeah. So basically the protagonist ends up winning the whole thing. It flashes forward. You find out he hasn't spent any of the money a year later. He hasn't touched it. His mother had died while he was gone. His daughter had moved to America while he was gone. So he has nothing. He hasn't spent any money. He spent like a hundred bucks. And I kind of was wondering if like in the back of his mind, he was like, do I even need the money? Right? Like I can live. He was living just fine without the money basically. So it's kind of like even more depressing for him. So it's like, I think he just spiraled down into a depression. The bank eventually calls him in to ask him why he hasn't been spending any of his money. And then shortly after that, he gets another little card and it's inviting him to like the seventh floor of this building. Which is strange because there was six games in the Squid Games. So it's like the seventh game. Yeah. So he goes up to the seventh floor, and it is Il-Nam, who was the old man who he thought was dead. And they basically play, like, this little game where there's, like, a drunk man, like, in the snow and the cold, like, passed out. And 
the protagonist says that someone will help him. The old man says no one will help him by midnight. By midnight, yeah. Um, so they kind of like have this wager. And the protagonist is like, I just want you dead. Well, he doesn't say I want you dead. He says, he says I, I want to kill you. No, he says I want answers. Well, he said, he kept saying that he wanted to kill him too. And he was like, if I win this game, I get to kill you. Right. Um, because he was like, I don't understand why you would create a game like that. Right. Like basically, you deserve the, to be dead. The old guy basically just said I did it for fun because he was bored. Yeah. Which was a very unsatisfying answer because I really liked the old guy, you know? I loved him the entire time. And then I felt like it was such a crummy way to take such a great character and be like, oh, he was the evil guy the whole time. Well, I honestly don't even really understand it because I'm like, why would this guy that's like actually seemed like a good person genuinely why would he work with such scumbags and why would he come up with a game like that like it's one thing to make a game where you give people money for playing childhood games and like placing bets on people but to actually kill people i didn't even have a problem with him making the game because it's kind of like in his own twisted way he was like doing someone a favor like people got to fight for their lives or whatnot and on an even playing field. So like that didn't, it does bug me because it's like death, mass death, but those people also consented to it. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like taking them against their will. It was just more of the fact that he was like associating himself with really rotten people. So the man ends up actually being helped and Il-Nam ends up dying basically right at midnight, right when the guy was helped. Or we assume he's dead. His vitals were like, bottomed out but you never know in the show honestly it could be faked he could have had it purposely like the machines do that at that time um so it's been a year but he does go and get Sai Bayok's brother and has him looked over by Song Wu's mother and gives them like a big chunk of the prize money um and well, then you see him yeah. travel to the airport to create like to reconnect with his daughter and He sees the game recruiter and all of a sudden just like freaks out and is like, I need to like call this. I need to go back. Like he finds out that they're still doing the game. Yeah. And he's like, they're not doing this again. Like, well, they're doing a lot more than that. But another thing that that guy kind of reminded me of is like the Reaper in a way. Mm -hmm. And like, if you win the game, like you in a way escape the Reaper. But I don't know. It's just. But the thing is, the front man had won the game and then had still been living in like a tiny little like dorm room type place with nothing like. Well, it seemed like he probably didn't really spend that much time uh, in his own apartment, right? Well. Because he was always on the island. Well, once a year is when they do it. They only do it once a year. Well, once a year in Korea. But remember all of the books means that they were doing it in all around the world. Maybe. We don't know that. We don't know that much yet, but it sure seemed like they were doing it. So speaking of the front man, they, the creator gave like four options of what season two could be because it's not written yet. So the first one is what the protagonist will do next, which it sounds like they're not going to go with that option because they don't like care to continue following the same character this whole time. Number two was to do the front man's backstory and like how... You don't think they're going to follow the protagonist and how he takes down the organization? No. no. 
Where, why are you so sure Just about that? Just because the creator made it sound like that's not the route that he plans on taking. Okay. Um, so the one that I think they're leaning towards is the front man's backstory, like okay. how he became the front man, like why kind of having the old man back and like that showing like how that relationship started because the front man was there when the old man died. Yeah. Um, and you'd probably get to see how large the operation truly is. Like a lot of the behind the scenes of the games versus Yeah, just... and it's also very strange that the games are continuing even though the creator died. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what was so shocking about it because he's like, the creator's dead, it's over. No one else has to suffer that way. But they do they because, do. you know, rich men will do whatever. Well, that was another reason why I thought there was more in other places is because I was watching a little video online and... uh it turns out one of the guys says Korea does it the best, mm-hmm. which makes me think that they're doing it all over the world. I mean, it's possible. Also, I'm surprised they don't go to North Korea and do it because they probably would have less restrictions on that. Possibly. Um, so the next option would be following the Swood Game Recruiter. But that might be kind of interesting. I don't know if they could do a whole season out of that, though. Like, as easily as some of the other options. Yeah. And then the last option was to follow another character's story. Oh, start a new one. Like, either, do another squid game. Either a, another squid game with a completely new character or to follow one of the characters that we met in this show. So, like, if you were like, oh, let's follow the girl's story and the girl's perspective from the beginning or the antagonist story from the beginning. What about, like, an in- continuance of the brother the police officer that was shot maybe he survives well if they follow the front man they're also going to follow i don't really like want to see brother, the front man's whole back like i if they did a couple episodes on it mm-hmm. i don't really want to like spend the whole time but the thing is the, the front, front man may they may start with like his backstory and it may lead into him taking down that would like, be really cool the squid game yeah like thing in the end so or it would be kind of interesting to see his season well, like that's what would be part games. of the backstory. Right. Yeah. Because like, like show us his season and then show us how he went from winning that to becoming yeah. like the front man or whatever. And I have to imagine that they're not using the same games every time. Right. I think, I don't know. I actually assume they did. And now I'm wondering, because if they did the same games every time, then the VIPs would already know what games were next. Yeah. So it must be slightly different games every time. Right. Like they could do, what's that one with the rocks, the Japanese game with the rocks? Um, it's like chess and basically. Checkers? It's like a, a kind of like checkers, except Well, for there's Chinese checkers. Chinese checkers, yeah. 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 So that could be a game. I don't know. Just kind of curious. So we have breezed through this entire season of Squid Game. In under an hour. Go us. Yay. So... Hopefully you got some fun little facts out of this. Um, Hopefully it got you thinking about some things. If you haven't seen the show, now you can talk to your friends about it and pretend like you know what's going on. Yeah. And we will talk to you in a few weeks for a new season of I Just Don't Have Time For.